There we hey, Craig. Just had to wake up, like Abby. <sighs> Hello, Craig. Craig. Had to wake up too. Yo, what's up? It's Craig. All right, welcome to Mal was a Mensch, the podcast where we allegedly review beer. Um, I'm Nathan. Uh, I'm Elliot. I'm Cass. I'm Mike. I'm Abigail. And this week we're reviewing uh, Pacifico, La Cerveza del Pacifico, um, as suggested by Eva, our first fan recommendation. Wow. Yay. Thanks, Eva. So if you didn't listen to the Modelo episode, uh, Pacifico is brewed by the same company that uh, does Modelo and Corona. It's, it's allegedly a different beer. I've been waiting all week for this because I just really want to know if this is going to be Modelo in a brown bottle. I'm, I, I, I will admit that I really like the bottle design, though. I, the yellow is very soothing. I don't know why. Uh, it has a very, like, very old retro aesthetic, which I'm kind of digging. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the fact that it comes in a brown bottle does actually make me think it's a little bit fancier. Uh, it definitely does have the same coloration as the other beer that we had that was under the same uh, vendor. Oh, boy. Well, do we want to uh, pop it off? Top, op- Open this thing up? All right, yes. let's do it. I want to. I will uh, drop a bottle cap on the table. Why? Because I already opened mine. <laughs> These are some great sound effects for the podcast, guys. If you fucking say so. All right, let me count down. Three, two, one. Ooh. Um, it's a a little bit different. I I think. I mean, it's possible that the other one just left zero impression on me, but this one, right? Kind of has a bit more of like an ending punch to it. Yeah, I, I it hits it, you a little bit, like very slightly harder. I think that this is a little bit better. It's not exactly the same. You win this time. It's breadier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it does not elicit the same level of immediate disgust from me. Uh, there we go. Make... <laughs> make a real beer drinker out of you yet. No, I was uh, I was only able to find the the Pacifico in um, in 12 packs and going to get a 12 pack or anything higher than a six pack for any beer that like I wasn't 100 percent sold on. So I was looking, I was looking, I was looking, I was like, I got to be able to find like some six pack somewhere. I mean, it always comes in bottles. How can I not find a six pack of this? So I ended up having to do was. I was at Harris Teeter and it was Thursday and I was like, I really got to buy this now. So I ended up doing the Harris Teeter make your own six pack thing. And I just bought like five other beers I actually like to drink and one single bottle of Pacifico. So I only have one bottle of beer to drink tonight. Nice. Uh, I wish that was for, I wish that was me. <laughs> hey, you pawned two of them off on me. I'm definitely only going to drink one. I know, and that still leaves me with four. Leaves you? That's not true. I'm drinking one right now. Exactly. That means I still have two left over. That's not. Oh, no, you poor baby. I think I'm going to drink a beer on my own time. Maybe. I mean,. Yeah, mood, though. I've been forcing myself <laughs> through these Miller High Lives all week. Great Ugh. beer podcast, everybody. Cats <laughs> <laughs> um, is really brave. She's much braver than the rest of us, I think. I've been casually drinking Miller High Lives, but that's just me. You actually enjoy them, though. Yeah, it's not, yeah, it's not brave if you like them. Um, so I found out some in- interesting news this week. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks to Abby, actually. Abby informed me after doing some research, apparently, um, that Mao actually did have like Jews in his inner circle, particularly one um, Austrian uh, Holocaust survivor who ended up being like a high ranking doctor in the Chinese Communist Party. So I think that we can officially say with certainty Mao was, in fact, a mensch. It all comes together. We did. We are talking about it. We did say something. 
Yeah, yeah. And this will be the first and only time it's ever going to get mentioned. So I just <laughs> wanted to get that out there. Mal was a mensch. It's true. Abby literally asked if Big Willow will ever do one <laughs> if Mal was a mensch last episode. And he was like, nah, probably not. And so I was like, well, I want to know. So I went and looked it up and I couldn't. Oh. <laughs> so you looked it up. Yeah, so I went and looked it up and uh I was trying to find stuff on like if Mao had any relationship with the Kaifang Jewish community. Um which as far as I can tell he did not. But uh and I couldn't really find anything about the Kaifang Jews under Mao. But I did For those who don't know the Kaifang Jews are a community of Jews in um, the city of Kaifang, China. Um, it's thought that they came over at like very early on. They're descended from like Jewish traders who made it across the Silk Road and, you know, a community eventually sprung up. Um, but they, you know, lived under pretty much, I guess, I think off the top of my head from the song, maybe at the earliest, they definitely were under the Mongols. They were definitely under the Ming. They were definitely under the Qing. And um, by the time the Europeans finally found them, I mean, they were completely sinicized. Um, and it's just a really, really interesting community because after all of that time and pretty much isolation, they still kept the Torah. They still kept all the dietary laws. I mean, they were Jews. They observed Mosaic law. So really interesting stuff. Yeah, so I couldn't find anything about Mao and the Kaifeng Jews, or even the Kaifeng Jews under Mao, but I did find out uh, about several Jewish immigrants to China who worked with him. Uh, like you said, most prominently, the Austrian doctor, and then there was uh, an American, actually, who yeah. came from like a wealthy family and then uh, became a labor organizer. He ended up in jail under Mao a couple times, but he stayed loyal to the end, so I guess that says something. Um, by which I mean, I he outlived Mao by like a lot. I think he passed in like 2017, and he still had good words for Mao at the end. So I, you know, if we're gonna make the call of Minsk or not, I think Mao was a Minsk. Yeah, I mean, I, I look if Mao put me in jail several times, I think I'd still have good things to say about him. Also, uh, on the Kaifeng Jews some more. So I was also doing some reading on them, and apparently they're uh they pass Judaism down patrilinearly instead of matrilinearly, so they have to formally convert to Judaism if they enter, if they want to become Israeli citizens. Yeah, that's 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 Israel. That's <laughs> that's the big big quotes Jewish homeland. <laughs> Everybody. Yay. I yeah. <laughs> I thought that was like interesting at least that they had changed like that. And it... Wait, hold on. Are you saying that is really not good? <laughs> it's not funny this time. <laughs> damn it. God damn it. At least it's not as funny. It was really funny the first time. Yeah, we fucking lost our shit when the first time. I know, I can't believe you blew that on like a friendly voice call. <laughs> we were like fucking Crusader Kings. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that was that was my research for the week. Y'all have at it. So I don't know when this ended up being the uh the theme for this week. But actually I think it just has to do with the fact that this issue released. But um apparently everybody ended up reading all of Tom King's Rorschach comic for this week. And um, that ended up being kind of the central talking point. Shout out to Tom King. Tom, you might be listening to this podcast, actually. Hello, Tom. Oh, Tom, Tom, if you're listening to this, I'm not fucking sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Good. For anybody who doesn't know, um, Tom King, writer at DC, has been working on uh, a Rorschach miniseries. Uh, it's one of the many, I don't even know what to call it. We're just going to call it the Watchmen Expanded Universe. One of DC's many attempts at, at, oh, at, the, at the Watchmen Maxiverse. And uh, 
with such greatest hits as before Watchmen. Mm -hmm. Um, and the DC black label, we, we can, we can, uh, we can lump the HBO series into this. Oh, and of course, how could I forget doomsday clock with its, well, it's ending. You can't hear me. I don't think it doesn't look like my mic is picking up. But um, every time Nathan says one of these titles, I make a very disgusted noise. Was uh, was Doomsday Clock the uh, DC reboot thing? Yeah, Do- Doomsday Clock was originally going to be tied to DC's Rebirth. Mm-hmm. It was um, it was supposed to be that whole thing where you know they were they were rebooting DC, and uh, I think when they first released Rebirth, like it was supposed to be a a pushback like the whole i think i have a feeling that the whole like meta narrative behind it was a pushback on the way watchmen ended up making the comic industry right like his rebirth was supposed to be comics are going to be fun again um but anyways dc abandoned that in like two seconds and originally doomsday clock was supposed to be like the big limited series that was going to you know tie this all together mm-hmm. and i think like two issues in dc decided that doomsday clock is not canon and they just went on back to being dc Woo! Yeah. great great work team great work that's okay i think dc is rebooting again so you know it doesn't really oh, matter hey you know if it didn't work the first like five times why not do it again mm-hmm mm-hmm yeah, you know, uh, what is it? Fifth time's the charm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think it's going to work out all well this time. Great. Uh, with the whole future state thing or whatever it's called. I, I really haven't been keeping up. So please do not quote me on this. But uh, the Rorschach miniseries is separate from all of that. It has, I think, like some references and tangential relation to the HBO show, kind of in the form of references but really it's it's its own thing it's its own thing so i think that's how it should be treated really yeah i mean it's definitely it is definitively set in the same universe as the hbo uh watchman tv show but it is i don't think you need to watch the show to understand the comic at all good because i didn't i didn't watch the show and i still didn't really understand the comic (laughs) Well, um, I mean, I'm just going to come out and fucking say it right here at the beginning. I don't think that this is a good comic that makes a whole lot of sense. So, um, Jesus, uh, I don't know where to start. I feel like it's, um, just insanely messy in terms of like editing and pacing and, um, like the the transition between issues doesn't always make a whole lot of sense because Mr. King um seems to prefer to want to jump between plot points as quickly as possible. Yeah, the issues all feel super different from each other, honestly, which is fine, but is it I mean, though? Far a lot better than some of the others. Well, I kind of I'm kind of okay with that because the way the story is structured is that I guess we should like we should a... probably talk about the story. Um I I just want to say like first of all that um I don't I don't have a problem with that. Uh and I, I guess I'll get to why as I explain the story, but um it to to do it as fast as possible. Um Robert Redford has been president for about um I think seven uh terms in the Watchmen universe after of course and by the way, if you haven't read Watchmen, we're not we're not backtracking. So if you haven't read Watchmen, we're not slowing down for you. All right. We expect you to at least have done that. They changed something where there are more presidential terms and there's a whole bunch of political shenanigans that go on. Yeah. But anyways, in this presidential election, his opponent, who is, I think, Joseph Turley, he's a governor, he's a conservative governor, is there's an assassination attempt on him by a person in a Rorschach outfit. And um, this this woman, cow and girl, cow, cow girl woman. Yeah, sure. Um, and oh, the kid. Yeah, the kid. And um, 
a detective is hired by the Turley administration to look into this assassination attempt and figure out what's going on. And there's this initial big mystery set up where the guy who has Rorschach's, um, who was dressed up as Rorschach, he has Walter Kovacs fingerprints. So it's like, whoa, what the heck's Ooh. going on here? And you find out that he was like yeah. this, this Steve Ditko type guy who was like a shut in artist. You kind of learn you kind of learn about the plot as he's unraveling it and trying to piece together the psyches of these people that he's been tasked with understanding why they did this. Which is why I don't really mind the jumping around because, you know, this detective is going from all these different points trying to either interview people or like look into this specific part of the case. And because, you know, he's our point of view character. Yeah, I don't I don't mind the fact that it's jumping around because it's not like some I think that makes it less excusable, honestly. Like it's a fucking detective comic. I want him to see or I want to see him do the detective work instead of being told about it um through dialogue. He kind of does. Uh, There's that scene where he kind of pieces together the whole and Issue two, yes. Issue two is my favorite issue so far. Like, for the record, I love that issue, that individual issue. It's great because it shows him doing the work. I kind of liked the letters issue, whichever one that was. That was also, that was six, which is also yeah. a very good issue. I, I think that's my favorite issue, number six. Um, in spoiler alert for issue seven, if you haven't read it, so probably turn back now. Yeah, issue issue seven where a, is where a lot of this really just fell apart for me. Hold on. First, I think we should talk more about the story. And uh, why the fuck is there the internet but still payphones and pagers? <laughs> um. So in the HBO Watchmen TV show, I don't. I think this was established in um the fucking supplementary material that nobody looked at. Um. But. Everybody um, decided that all of the technology that was based on Vite and um, Manhattan's shit was, like, going to give them cancer or whatever. Um, so they stopped using it. Um, and wow. uh, I guess they, like, technical... Techni uh, technical advancement? Yeah, they haven't had that kind of advancement at all since. Um, and there's no internet because if they had internet, uh, no, there is internet. There is. Yeah, in the first issue, they talk about how you needed to sign up online for the Turley event. So there's internet, but there's still payphones and pagers. There's no internet in the TV show. I just want to say that I want to interject right here, um, and I'm. This is kind of just a legitimate question. Because I never picked up on the fact that this is, like, legitimately set in the universe. I didn't, like, I knew that there were references, but I didn't know if it was or not. Um, it, it was probably just something that I missed. So I just want to put that out there that I don't know. Um, they, there's a mention um, uh, in the first issue. They talk about, oh, you know, what happened in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, then also that's issue one, which I've been, you know, I haven't read every issue as it's come out. And I also haven't read issue one in a while, which is probably my mistake coming into this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it literally right now. Oh, well, there so, you go. I just want to bring up one little pet peeve of mine, um, which is stupid to talk about on, on a podcast because people can't see the images. Um, but I don't understand why the drawing of uh, Walter Kovacs uh, that they do in this comic looks absolutely fucking nothing like watch the Watchmen comics Walter Kovacs does it not? I thought it did it, it looks absolutely nothing the same he doesn't even have the same nose yeah you're very I think well I think you're very particular about <laughs> no like other people who don't fucking care as much as I do are also like this is these are two different people I I believe that well, I'm not going to at all denigrate uh, Pei on here because I think that he's a great artist, and I really—I think that he is a great artist. I'm just like, what? 
I, I don't understand. I was a little iffy on the art. I felt like it was kind of just not doing its own thing and was very much just jerking off uh, Grant Morrison. You mean not? Dave. Yeah, Grant Morrison, right? No. That's no, not an artist. Dude. That's not an artist. You mean Dave Gibbons? I Gabe think you're Gibbons. trying to say yes. Dave Gibbons. That's right. I, I literally looked this up. Like, and right I do before. not think it's like Dave Gibbons' art, personally. It isn't. It isn't at all. Yeah. That's like what I like. What I mean, what part of what I like about this comic is that they aren't at all trying to be Watchmen. Right. Um, Maybe I haven't they are doing their own thing. Well. Um. Okay. Yeah, I see what you mean. I guess it, it didn't really like register for me, but that, yeah, that does not look anything like how he looks in the original Watchmen comic. Like they got rid of his cute little snubby nose. <laughs> Like his fucking weird little face looks entirely different. But I want I want to get into issue seven because issue seven I think is probably where most people here were like, wait, what? Including what the me. Fuck? Um because actual living comic book artist Frank Miller shows up as a character. Frank goddamn miller and it's frank miller wearing a rorschach outfit which is like doubly real i don't understand why he's wearing that <laughs> i asked so i asked my dad about it mm -hmm. actually um, yeah after after i read it I, I i called up my dad hi hi dad um sorry for ruining your industry context and uh i asked like so what's the story like how did how did frank miller get in here and so he explained that i guess it took tom a while to get like permission from frank to use his um his likeness in the in in the comic so it probably was up until like the 11th hour going to be another uh pastiche like um how will Meyerson? yeah will yeah how he's steve ditko but then Frank Miller came through. And I, you know what I also found out? Apparently that whole thing with Frank Miller and Otto Binder, that's all real. I didn't know that that was like a real thing that happened, but that is real. Like legitimately recorded tape for Ghost? Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah, I looked up afterwards because I didn't realize. Um, of course, I caught Frank Miller um, in the recording that they do. They play back the the tape recording in the first issue, and I saw Frank Miller, and I was like, "Oh, haha, ha, Frank Miller, it's that guy." Right, um, right. I, I caught not, that too. I did not realize that Otto Binder was um a actual comic artist. So, I well, I just well going back to Frank Miller showing up in the first issue, I was like, "Oh yeah, haha, ha, Frank Miller." Um, and then I didn't expect Frank Miller to show up <laughs> until I got to issue six. And like they ended on Frank Miller in big text, and I was like, "Wait!" And then Frank Miller shows up. Why? Why? <laughs> why? 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 Why is he wearing a Rorschach outfit? Uh, well, I, mean, I think we're gonna get into it. Um, this is the problem with talking about a comic series that's ongoing. Um, it's going to if if like anything that we're talking about is explained fully later uh it's going to make us all look like idiots anybody who uh, who goes back and listens to this um that being said I, I mean i think it's a weird choice right like you either use all real artists or you use stand-ins or or you just use all clear stand-ins i think it's like i think it's just really jarring and i know that you know in watchmen you know like real people show up richard nixon is a real person but i think it's very very different when you have a politician versus a comic book artist the thing about like the historical figures that show up in watchmen is that they're not literal characters right they just exist. that's true and also, it just feels kind of navel-gazy when it's like oh, i'm making a comic and we're including comic comic writers as actual characters in this yeah 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 it does mr king <laughs> i like how we're talking to him like he's gonna listen um maybe he will like there's a chance um i think it all depends on whether or not he gets uh 
he, this podcast gets passed on to him by our biggest fan. Um, <laughs> I have a feeling it won't, though. I'm, well, if that's the case, I'm really curious about what he's getting at with the pirate shit. Because I, I get that in the original Watchmen, because superheroes were real, uh, pirate comics became more of a thing. And in this, like, uh, time-skipped-forward version in this comic, it's gotten to a point where they talk about how the comic, like... It just seems weird to me that they're that, that like they're making that parallel and then also going in another step farther and they're completely aping the history of actual superhero comics. Well, I think that aping is a really odd word to use there. I mean, it's I don't know. I that that almost We're makes mimicking. it seem like it's a, it's it's like a a that that's that's weird. I don't I don't really like that term. Um but I mean, it's, I don't know. I'd still just call it just an allegory. I mean, it's up to you whether or not it, it lands, but. I would straight up call it like, um, I mean, I think that he is literally using pirate comics as a stand in for um, superhero comics, which I. No, I it's 100% that. Yeah. I mean, you look at that image of Pontus Pirate. Right? Yeah, it's and literally it, it's, the Spider-Man cover. Yeah, it's literally the cover of Spider-Man, and of course the Dark Fife Returns. That was... I, I, I was just like reading through that, and I was just like, this comic has taken a crazy left turn, and I have no idea what's going on anymore. I, um... Well, I think that it's, you know, we're getting into a critique of the industry. And in particular, how the industry was after Watchmen. No, um, I get that. Released. Uh, that being said, I just want to say this about the whole pirate thing. Like, I think that's interesting in going in that it's going in this direction, especially because I felt like, you know, the inclusion of now there are pirates was, I don't know, like, I feel like obviously you had the whole, um, you had all of the you had the whole side story in 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 the original Watchmen, right? With with the Black Freighter, right? But um, I I always saw it as like you know a nod to how the industry would have gone if companies like EC um hadn't been you know crushed under the the boot of the Comics Code, because I mean you know back in the fifties or I guess. Like early 50s, late 40s, I think, like superhero comics were pretty much dead, you know, and EC with like horror comics and like war comics and eventually, yeah, some like chivalry with with like those kinds of swashbuckling tales were the in thing until the comics code came in and said, nope, can't do that. And the comics code, of course, was a giant scam by DC and Marvel to crush the What is the comics code? The comics code was introduced... I don't remember the name of the um the hearings that ha uh, that happened. But basically, you can get like the 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 perspective of people who were like for the comics code via this book, Seduction of the Innocent, which That's claimed a that like super intense title for a book about the comic. <laughs> well, well, basically, it was a book by this like crazy fucking psychologist who were like comics are you know like Jack um. Jack, what's his name, was like, video games are ruining youth, you know, violent video games are turning kids into killers. It's that exact same thing by reading, like, horror comics, you know, we're turning kids into murderers, right? It's not a book about the comics industry, right? It's a book, like, by somebody who's very clearly anti-comics industry. And it right. took off in a big way, right? And that led to this, you know, Senate hearing where basically DC and Marvel went behind the scenes with the government said, look, we'll make this thing called the Comics Code Authority, right? And they wrote in very specific language to target EC, who was this juggernaut in the industry at the time, with great art, great stories, but no superhero stuff, right? Right. And um, it had all these specific, it was like a code for like, you know, in order to get published, you had to meet these standards. There was stuff like, you know, there can't be any blood, but also really specific things. Like EC's sci-fi stories were called 
weird science and weird fantasy, right? Those were their sci-fi lines. And um, in the comics code, it specifically said you can't use the word weird in hey, um, in the title of your comic. So that just, you know, even though there wasn't really any like thing super gory about those sci-fi stories, couldn't publish them anymore. They had weird in the name, among other things that like prevented them from being published. They couldn't just change the title, but was very clearly targeted at EC. My God, it was a conspiracy. Yeah, it was. I'm not like making the shit up. It was a conspiracy against EC. I say this as I'm looking at my bookshelf where I have basically the entire EC archives collection up there because I'm an EC comics fanatic. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you couldn't even use words like zombie. Yeah, yeah. It That's was crazy. it was really restrictive, but also very targeted. Um and it allowed DC and Marvel to kind of save themselves and also clear the way for superheroes to come back on the market in a big way. So on that, um, what the fuck is up with the Citizen and the Unthinker in these Rorschach comics? And is it intentionally bad or is it not intentionally Okay, bad? hold the fuck up, because now we're going to have to talk about Mr. A, motherfucker. Jesus. Okay, so. Do you, do you know about Steve Ditko, Abby? No. Um, he was an objectivist. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, he made the question, which is the character that Rorschach, the original Rorschach, is a um, he's like an offshot of him. He, I mean, I was gonna say like parody, kind of, but he's just mostly just like taken to the question's most logical extreme. Um, I would like to say that Rorschach is the question filtered through um the lens of Alan Moore. Is originally when writing Watchmen, um, the question and, and to yeah, use the specific characters. Yeah, the the question and all these other Charleston Comics characters they were just purchased by DC, and in the very 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 initial draft of what was going to become Watchmen, he actually used those Charleston characters. So the question, Peacemaker, Blue Beetle, um, and DC said no, we have other plans for those IPs. And Alan Moore was just like, okay, I'll make my own characters, which are, you know, those same characters, but it, it filtered through an extreme lens, Alan Moore's lens. Anyways, I did not mean to interrupt Elliot. What the fuck was I even talking about? You were talking about Steve Ditko. Right. Okay. Steve Ditko, um, objectivist, made the question. Yeah. And um, the question kind of evolved out of this character that, um, Steve Ditko made himself, but I don't. I don't believe he published. He published any um, Mr. A comics. They were published uh, through underground publishing. Okay. Um, but yeah, Mr. A is like uh, a distillation of of all of Steve Ditko's um, objectivist views, um, and he's very fashy um so yeah and he's got he's got like that same kind of aesthetic with the facelessness and um i think he's, he's got a big a on his forehead i think he does i don't think he has a big a on his forehead but he has it... like this i don't know i'd have to i'd have to i was trying to find a pick up like an image that i have of him where like it kind of distills like mr a's philosophy but basically mr a is the um what if you just made somebody who's 100% who, who's just spent their entire life, you know, downloading Ayn Rand into their skull. That's yeah. Um, like literal black and white morality. Um, I'm looking at a picture of him right now and I was completely fucking wrong. So don't listen to me at all. Yeah. He's, he's got like this like mask. That's this just like unchanging face. It's like steel mask. And so uh, the citizen in um, in Rorschach the comic. This is really confusing, by the way. Um, but yeah, so so the citizen in Rorschach the comic um, is like Othcom, 
Mr. A, essentially. Okay, but is it intentionally really bad? I mean, they are intentionally not, like, real comics. They're, they're intentionally... Abstract? It's, it's, well, yeah, but also, like, it's intentionally going after the style of Mr. A. And if you read, and, like, you haven't read Mr. A, it's hard to describe, but... I don't know if, like, I would call Mr. A a well-written comic, right? Oh, okay. It's, uh, it, it is, it is very much, like, an ideological download. Yeah, so, um, for people who are still listening for whatever reason and haven't read, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. The, uh, the comic... I can't believe I'm still listening, but I'm following this very closely, even though I'm not talking. <laughs> We're gonna lose all the listeners that we got last episode. Fucking weed out the goddamn week. Um, <laughs> That's the tagline for this episode. I just want to say... Uh, sorry, I, no, actually, continue, Elliot. I'll um, say this later. Okay, uh... The comic that we're talking about, um, the comic within a comic, The Citizen, it's literally just panels of two people punching each other and then, um, like, saying their ideals at each other. Like, they're having a debate, but in the middle of, like, suplexing each other and shit. Yeah. It's very um, anime. It's, it's very sparse, and um, they're spitting out a lot of very academic language. And like most, uh, most arguments that usually start like this, it eventually ends with one of them just saying, fuck you over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this, it's weirdly true to life. <laughs> Look, I just, I, I don't know, there's the comic within the comic in the original Watchmen, uh, what was it, Black Freighter? Yes. was like pretty it was it was good <laughs> I, I would read that comic i would not read this comic so i was like i was like is it intentionally good is it intentionally bad what's the commentary here but this is it's a character study it is telling you who will myerson is okay and what he thinks yeah yeah okay um second off though, what it really reminds me of is i think uh Nathan, maybe Cass have read this, is there is a line of comics breaking philosophers down to their action. bare essentials. Yeah, action philosophers. Uh, and that's really what it reminds me of, but action philosophers is a joke, and this is I guess a parody of something that's a character study. I think I massacred that. I understand in my head it's not coming out of my mouth. It's a parody of Mr. A, which I mean, there are issues of Mr. A where, I mean, there are backgrounds in Mr. A. It isn't just like a white background, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just Mr. A, you know, punching some guy and explaining why, like, even though a normal person would view this as a morally gray area, Mr. A believes and is casting judgment onto why this person is evil. And he's just fucking punching him and he's, you know, explaining why you know in objectivist morality you are evil you are scum and you're a parasite damn i really have to read this mr a comic i kind of want to now too <laughs> like it sounds batshit which i'm all about is it easier to read than like atlas shrugged or the fountainhead yes is that because there are people getting punched in it <laughs> <laughs> i have this copy of i think it's atlas shrugged that I tried to read, but I bought it at a like used bookstore, and it just falls apart every time I open it. So I that's probably for the best. Yeah, I, so. I, I remember in high in high school. Um, I can't remember. I think this was in um in uh what was it a uh, theory of the mind? It was a class that just had me and two other people in it in my senior year of high school. We were reading all of these like different books from across the ideological spectrum. We were supposed to read Ayn Rand's Anthem, and I, let me tell you, I I never read it. I just bullshitted <laughs> my way through like any discussion by just describing what I thought Ayn Rand would say, and it turns out I was pretty much right. Well, good for you. That's very intelligent of you. 
look, I just do not have time to sit through Ayn Rand's bullshit. <laughs> I have much better things to do with my life. I mean, if a if a high school senior can get through it uh, by bullshitting, I really think that says about all you need to know about Ayn Rand's philosophy. Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, I'm never going to fucking read that shit. So. <laughs> also an anti Ayn Rand podcast. It was, you know, it was funny. My only experience with Ayn Rand was that I was supposed to read it in high school as like uh, one of the assigned reading books. And I never even, I tried reading like one chapter and I couldn't get through it really. So that I eventually just told my teacher, like, I, I can't really read this. And it's just like, ah, it's fine. You, you just keep the book, honestly. <laughs> God, she oh, really no. just wanted you to like keep it. She wanted that out of her house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that book is definitely cursed, like all copies of Ayn Rand books are. How I feel about reading any philosopher, though. Well, there are some philosopher some philosophers that are good, like Hegel, and you should read. <laughs> Look, I think Ayn Rand is cursed in like a a special way. I don't know. There's just some extra special, dark, fucked up energy around anything that she has ever written. You know, I think it's that many philosophers are too smart for their own good, and Ayn Rand is, in fact, far too stupid for her own good. <laughs> did, it, did anybody see the, uh, the whole thing about um, Elon Musk's Hyperloop? Yeah. Does everybody know the story behind Hyperloop? Mm, uh... God, I don't really want to. The one that he was going to... This is the tunnel he was going to dig. Yes, under Vegas. And then it never happened. No, it did happen. That's, oh, yeah. that's the funny thing. Oh. It, it, it has happened. It oh. was originally going to be this um, this like little like PRT, personal rapid transit type of situation. I don't know if you've ever been to like University of West Virginia, but they have like this transit system. That we're, it's like these little single cars. They hold like three to six people, like not that many people. And it's really good for like a college town that's very spread out, you know, getting people around that way. Um, so Elon Musk wanted to do this, but like bougier underneath Vegas, right? Ideally to get people from like the airport to the strip and up and down the strip. Which, you know, Vegas is not a small college town. So I think there's a problem with that to begin with. Right. We, we already have a problem. So... Elon, the Vegas Convention Center, which is pretty spread out, right? Like, throw and the city of Vegas throw some money at him and says, hey, and say, like, hey, like, conduct one that just takes people, like, around the Vegas Convention Center and maybe to the airport. I don't think it goes to the airport. I think it just goes around the spread out campus of the convention center. I feel like it was supposed to go to the airport, but it probably I... was. <laughs> that means something. So Elon starts, you know, getting into it. And, um, you know, it's, it's been a while, it, like some, a lot of time passes and, um, there's, uh, I, I don't know what happened, but next thing we know, Elon says, well, there's been some problems. Um, we can't really do the PRT thing. Like, I don't know if it's a money thing or, or what, but can't do the PRT thing. So instead new idea. We're going to put automated Teslas on rails underground, right? And the Teslas are going to go super fast, like 100 miles an hour. And they're going to take you around the convention center. It's just like a PRT, except it's a car. But the thing is, is that you can take your own Tesla and put it on the tracks to get around if you want to, right? And so for some reason, production is still greenlit after this. <laughs> um, and uh, it keeps on going and um, then next thing we know he's like well actually can't really do the um, the uh, the bring your own car kind of thing okay like you know too many issues also turns out with like the curves in the tunnel can't really go 100 miles an hour or whatever either uh, we're going to have to take it down to a 70 miles an hour right we're probably massacring this story, but it really doesn't matter because it's really stupid and just absolutely moronic the entire way through. I It doesn't matter what order these events happen in, they all vaguely happened. And right. 
to get to where we're going. And now we're at the um the the like beta test or whatever you want to call it, like the release, you know, like people can actually do it. And so remember, the original idea was a PRT system, which then became automated Teslas doing this, right? At like high speeds. Right. So here's what we have: the completed, almost completed version. All right. So you have Teslas. They're not on rails. They're just driving around in a underground tunnel. Okay. Uh, remember how it was supposed to? They had to take it down to seventy. Well, it turns out that those curves are a little bit sharper, maybe than they even thought then, because cars can't really go any faster than thirty-five miles an hour. <laughs> Also, remember the part where they were supposed to be automated? They, they aren't automated. They're driven by people. <laughs> so like Kylie Jenner was their uh, example. Yes. Oh, that and, was this video that I saw. Oh, my God. Really? Yeah. Underground tunnel that you have to drive slowly through. It's, well, it's an underground tunnel that you get a taxi to take you around in. Literally, these are just taxis now except they're not unionized oh um, have you guys ever lit a tunnel in mauve come on we got <laughs> yeah the tunnel's lit in mauve it's it changes colors that's um, worth like something it uh it's 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 so so stupid and uh the thing is is that First, two things. These are one-lane tunnels, by the way. Okay? So imagine if a car gets, like, stuck or, God forbid, crashes into the wall. So I don't know how it's going to do that at 30 miles yeah, an hour. You can't open your doors. You can't pass anyone. And there's no way for an ambulance or fire engine to get in. I don't know if this is the final product or what, but it, this is... Fuck. I don't know. It's been, like, seven or eight years of development, and he's... we. Vegas could have had a nice subway. That's all I'm throwing exactly. up. <laughs> exactly. Vegas is perfect for a subway, and this is what we got. Also, I just want to harp on the accessibility issue because, like, when you have a subway or a PRT, um, you know, there are big double doors that open up. So, you know, if you're in a wheelchair or if you have any sort of, like, you know, if, there, if you have any sort of mobility issue, you're able to get in easily. But these are literally just Teslas, okay? <laughs> like, these are not accessible at all. I mean, really, it just sounds like a, a some sort of scheme or grift to make people purchase Teslas. Yeah, it, it's like almost as if it's like just a giant ad. It's a giant advertisement. Huh. Yeah, which is a car company that's definitely doing well and has definitely turned like more than one or two quarters of profit in like 15 years of being around. Um, but anyway. So that's the story of um, the Vegas. Shout out to Elon Musk. Shout out to Elon Musk. Shout out to Elon Musk. Elon, if you're listening to this, and I think there's actually a non-zero <laughs> chance of that, because I could totally see Elon Musk being the kind of guy who like Googles himself and stumbles across our shitty podcast. Um, Elon, if you're listening, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> huge fuck you, Elon. Fuck Elon, you. if you're Elon. if you're listening to this, um, choke, bitch. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just gonna. Well, we could definitely uh, kiss any. Tesla sponsorship, goodbye. Good, fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I would not accept Tesla sponsorship. If we, if like somehow, some way, like Tesla or the Boring Company or something like that decided to like send a message to partner with us, I might accept it only to do like the most scathing quote unquote commercial I could think of of the company. Yeah. I would be down to like a teardown of Elon Musk and his empire as an episode. That would be that would be fun, I think, actually. Oh, yeah, that would actually be a really great episode if we just spent the whole time like shitting on Elon Musk. Like, so we got we, we got the anti-Plato episode lined up and now we got the <laughs> yeah. anti-Elon episode lined up. I'm really excited for the anti-Plato episode. I like how we're just openly planning a different episode on this episode. <laughs> um... I would also like to do a quick shout-outs to whatever Elon Musk's uh, eventual cause of death is. 
Um, <laughs> I'm really excited, buddy, and you're gonna do great. Should we try, should we do like a Deadpool? <laughs> it's like okay, who's got who's got breaking his neck, sucking his own dick? That guy, that guy won out. Oh, I'm going. Uh, okay, okay, I'm I going. Mean, I might go all in on that one. I'm going all in on breaking his neck. <laughs> I mean, he does that every day, though. Exactly. So that is the highest chance of something going wrong. I think. I think he's gonna die on his own hyperloop. That's what I think. <laughs> All oh, right. That would be some poetic justice. Maybe he just fucks off to Mars. Actually, no, no. I really don't want him to get to Mars. No, no, no. See, here's the thing: is colonizing Mars is a pipe dream, but there is a chance that Elon Musk does make it to Mars. And then ends up stuck on Mars and dies there. <laughs> well, but then the thing is, is that like all of his fans are going to like lionize him as the first man on Mars. Like, I, yeah. don't, I don't I don't want that, even if it would be funny. All right. Well, then let's go with dying in the Hyperloop. What if he crashes in the Hyperloop while trying to suck his own dick? At 30 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. That, that one's going to have a big payout because it's so specific. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> This is a this is a, a a a completely irrelevant point to the whole Elon Musk thing, but I learned this this week, and I really I I felt like I just have the need to talk about it. Um, did you guys know that ships in a bottle aren't constructed in the bottle? Um, yeah, they are sometimes. That. Are are they? Because I saw a video, right? Or actually, I I should say I saw a TikTok. Courtney was scrolling through TikTok, and was this person constructing a ship in a bottle? And at first, I thought they were just constructing a model ship. Right? They were constructing it outside the bottle. It's like, okay, yeah, whatever. It's just a model ship. And then they like fold down the sails, right? Mm-hmm. Push it into the bottle. And then they like use like tweezers to get the sails back up. And I'm like, well, that fucking like ruins the whole thing. I thought <laughs> the chips in a bottle were cool because you had to go through all the effort to construct them in the bottle, like a, a labor theory of value type of thing. But if they're just constructed outside the bottle, who the fuck cares? <laughs> this is weird. I was literally just like reading about ships in a bottle this week. Damn. The ship in a bottle mind meld. But I'll tell you what I learned. So that is one way they do it is they have um, little pulley systems that allow them to raise the masts once the ship is in the bottle. Mm-hmm. However, alternative methods are um, if you get long tools or tools with long handles you can yeah, build the ship in the bottle and then i think one of the more common ways to do it at least nowadays is to build the ship and then mold the glass around the bottle okay if that's okay but that that's actually pretty cool all right that's like a cool way of building it outside quote unquote, outside quote <laughs> no, unquote cool. bottle i think that's the lamest way i think you that's think the so? lamest way too that's fucking I, no. cheating molding you didn't even the put glass it in. around I don't know. I think that maybe I just like, you know, the idea of glass making. I think that's the only reason why I like well, it. Well, maybe if you do it like by hand, but I think the impression that I got is that they just mass produce these with a machine. Which oh, is that's boring. fucking lame. Okay, that's lame. Sorry. I thought that like we construct the ship and then like we construct the bottle from scratch. Because if we're, because that would be fucking badass. That would be cool. Speaking of the impression that I get, you know what I was talking about this week? What? What we talking about this week? The Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. The impression that I get. Why yeah. are you talking about the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? Um, someone asked on Twitter the, I think the question was the best worst band, and I was like, well, you know, it's probably got to be like '90s Sky, and my money on the best most terrible band is gonna have to be the mighty mighty boss tones which for the record i have a lot of love in my heart for the mighty mighty boss tones but with the understanding that they also suck so therefore they're the best worst band you don't have that digimon movie nostalgia i do but then the follow-up problem is a lot of parts of the digimon movie kind of suck the first part still fucks and will (laughs) always fuck not the first part the second part uh fucked and will always fucked um but i think we just have to realize that the 90s uh sucked and we can love it but it's got to be semi-ironically or else it's gonna drive us insane when are we ever gonna get together and watch the like third movie of digimon try oh yeah we have to do that still don't oh my we? god we yeah we never watched the ending and you know what 
have I'm you okay seen with have that. you seen the ending oh, wait, i haven't seen the ending oh, you um, haven't yeah no because it's bad digimon try is bad We'll watch it this weekend. All right. Well, I don't know we were we, do we were gonna watch that in the movie theater. No, no, no. That was a that was a different one. That was a different one. That's um, last evolution. Let's oh, not wait. try. I still God, haven't seen that one either. That makes me very sad though, because I remember I we were getting tickets for that right when COVID hit. Yep. Yep. Ugh. On the uh, bright side for me specifically and i think no one else in this chat the uh digimon slayer movie is or not the digimon slayer the demon slayer movie is uh coming out in theaters in the u.s like the week that i finished my covid vaccine wait there's a demon slayer movie yeah which what? one is demon slayer uh, the one that's with the one that's in the colors and the pig man that's the one where they slay demons yeah, it There's is that the girl that who's always biting down on a thing. Is this an anime? It is. It is, it is an, an anime. <laughs> <laughs> it's a solid anime. Uh, I I liked it. I thought it. Uh, you know, it's definitely a shonen, but it does subvert some shonen expectations pretty well. Um, but you know, it's not as good as other anime like uh, Chainsaw Man. Really, I think I prefer Demon Slayer to Chainsaw Man. Yeah, I. Who's owner of the call? Can you boot Cass? Seriously? <laughs> we all have to read Chainsaw Man because we have to have an episode eventually talking about fucking Chainsaw Man. <laughs> if everybody who's listening to this podcast right now, that includes you, Mr. King, read Chainsaw Man. Read Chainsaw Man. Chainsaw Man. I'm sorry that we unfortunately let Cass's terrible opinions corrupt you. I don't um, understand your obsession with this anime. <laughs> It's not an anime, it's a managa. I'm sorry. <laughs> a managa. With, with, with apologies to all weebs, there was a guy who I knew in college who just pronounced anime anime, and um, I, that's how I pronounce it from now on. We never corrected him because we thought that was a great way to say it. <laughs> uh, don't apologize to weebs. They can handle it. <laughs> that's fair. I don't deserve any apologies. Um, you know, I, uh, I, I, I posted a meme of, um, Brazilian socialist presidential hopeful Lula today. And I think I got followed like very briefly by an actual like Brazilian politician, at least a Twitter account that like Lula actually followed. And then I think they immediately unfollowed me when they realized I was a communist. <laughs> yeah. It was really sad. I was like, oh, this is really cool. My meme is getting traction. And then suddenly I was unfollowed. <laughs> um, I think we should talk about the beer. Oh, shit. We should definitely talk about the beer. Oh, right. Yeah. For low mine. energy episode, we somehow got really lost in time. Um, yeah. Hold on. What would... Uh, so someone was talking about ContraPoints and how ContraPoints has ruined the online left because, like, what would Marx think about modern issues or something? But anyway, what would Marx think about Chainsaw Man? Oh, Char Marx, Marx would be definitely into Chainsaw Man. Marx, oh, yeah. would, Marx would, like, just sit around all day just, like, you know, binge-reading manga and, and jacking it to hentai. <laughs> I Not definitely get that impression from Marx. I think he would really identify with Denji. Yeah. I, I hate all of you. Elliot, you should read Chainsaw Man I'm because there's at one point that Chainsaw Man has big bara titties. Wait, Elliot, did you like, not read Chainsaw Man? I, I read like one chapter and I was like, hey, this is kind of fun. Um, and then I stopped because how I don't care you, about teenagers. How did you avoid the like propaganda <laughs> frenzy that was pushed several months ago in the group chat. Abby, Abby didn't try hard enough. Um I had the I had the group chat I had the group chat muted for literal months. No, honestly it's that I got enough of you that I didn't feel the need to get Elliot. Like I, I made a large enough group of people to talk about Chainsaw Man with me that Elliot got to be exempt from my peer pressure. Well now we're gonna do the thing where we talk about it on the podcast. So now if like Elliot doesn't read it, they're gonna be left out. Um 
Okay. okay. Before we get into the beer, one question for Abby. Mm -hmm. um, you can only shill for one. Dissect or Chainsaw Man? Holy fuck, that's really tough. <laughs> um, I did just I did just finish uh, their season on uh, Kanye West's Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, which I thought was very good. All right, you know what? It was good, but uh, they say I can only shill for one. Catch me at <laughs> catch me at Dissex funeral. <laughs> chainsaw <laughs> man yeah <laughs> um all right beer we gotta talk about the beer before this becomes a uh, hour and 30 minute long affair uh i hate it okay so here's my thoughts all right so that's mike's thoughts mike hates it my thoughts um i think it's better than modello i don't think that it's you know anything really to write home about and i don't think that it breaks the miller high life threshold you think this is better than modello like i felt like i felt like modello was at least like drinkable this is just like every additional sip i've had past the first one i've regretted it more no i think i like this more than modello yeah um, but that might just be me. Uh, we'll find out. Uh, Elliot, what? Or sorry, we gotta save your tier list for last. Cass, what do you think? I think it's worse than Modelo. I it certainly doesn't pass the Miller High Life bar, and I didn't really like it. I brought two out here to drink just in case, but I only ended up opening one, and it was not like I I could drink it. It's drinkable but it's not something that I really enjoy doing. Uh, Abby? Um, I'm with Nathan. I definitely like it better than the Modelo. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was solid. I, I thought it was pretty uh, crisp and clean overall. I would maybe drink another one. <clears throat> uh, Elliot? Um, I definitely like it more than Modelo. I'm still not going to finish it um, because it tastes like wood. Um, <laughs> like every time I drink it, I'm That's like, okay, this is fine. And then the aftertaste kicks in and it's like, I just fucking swallowed a two by four. Um, well, I know where I'm going to put this on my tier list. I'm going to gank this a W for wood. <laughs> God. You keep fucking jacking my thing. I'm sorry. Well, hey, we didn't have a W for wood that's, until now. That's my style, though. I'm gonna patent the the letter that stands for letter, and none of you bitches will ever be able to use it again. Oh, that's a very original idea for a tier. Well, I I think that it it's like a very average. It's another C. It's 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 another very average C. Yeah, I'm with that. I worry that all of these pop culture beers that we're going to drink are going to be C beers. Well, you know, I already have my uh, S rank, my at least my A rank lined up, my S, but probably my S rank. Um, it's definitely going to be Foster's when we get to that. Fucking love Foster's. Foster's really? S rank? Oh yeah. boy, this is going to be quite the episode. <laughs> really? That's going to be quite the episode. Uh, Mike, what do you say? Uh... <sighs> I eventually poured out the Modelo because it was like a pint. I think I got through like half of it. I got through an entire bottle of this, but I could see myself drinking Modelo again in the future. I really do not want to drink any more of this like ever. <laughs> All right. Uh, Elliot? This is like bottom of seat of like bottom of seat here. Um, I'm going to give it an N for not drinkable because I'm not going to finish it, but it isn't terrible. Okay. I think then it's C, maybe lower end of C. It's sitting, it's sitting somewhere with Modelo. Um, you know. We had Modelo in D. This, this, this brew. Yeah, we did put Modelo in D, didn't we? Uh, oh, then this is definitely D this, for me. It, well, this brewery, I just want to say, I just want to say that to this brewery, um, you have failed to impress any of us all right um you know you you need to up your game if you want to wow the mao is a mensch crowd all right 
We have discerning taste. <laughs> um, okay. Wait, I didn't actually say my ranking. Oh, which is sorry. C. You're putting in C? Okay. Well, the point still stands, then. Okay. I just wanted to get my word in there. Because it's important to have my opinion out there on the internet. Everybody's... Our, our, our opinions must be, you know, upheld equally. Well, we um, all know that Cass's opinion is, like, 98% of the time the most important. Yes, I agree. For yes. apparently about Chainsaw Man. <laughs> exactly. That's the 2% where you're wrong. And I think I'm personally going to be voting at the next board meeting to uh, kick you off the podcast. <laughs> well, we will be missing a host, a uh, regular host anyway, next episode. Um, yeah. Okay, so we can't talk about Chainsaw Man next episode. I would love to make Courtney read about Chainsaw Man. We are, we are going to be missing our beloved host, Elliot. Um, they're getting part two of their vaccine um, and we'll be out of commission. But we will have a guest host. We will be guest hosted by my girlfriend, Courtney, who has decided that next week, the claw is law. Because that's what <laughs> Wait, what flavor? Is there a spe- is there like a it hasn't been decided yet. I, I don't think that we're actually gonna set a specific flavor because basically all the white claws drink the same. And but we'll see. That has yet to be determined. But regardless, next week the claw is law. Alright. Alright, I'm ready for that. So glad I'm gonna miss fucking white claw. No offense, Courtney. I love you very much. Beer. It's on the list. It's on the list. <laughs> I and this arbitrary list we found online is law also. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know why White Claw's on that list? It's probably because, you know, Claw's law. Um, <laughs> so this is, you know, Ben Mao is a mensch. Uh, we hope you learned something, even if it wasn't what you wanted to learn. And we definitely did not get any lines for Pacifico. I don't. Are we good? Are we really going to keep doing that? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to do it. We That's have to have a sign off. Mike insisted. Mike insisted that we have a sign off. <laughs> oh, hold on, what, Elliot? What did you say that should be our tagline this episode? I don't fucking I remember. I didn't say anything. You I don't did. You said something, like and I was like, "That should be our tagline." We're going to find out going back through these recordings. Yeah, we uh, are. Maybe we'll say that next episode. <laughs> well, I think it was Rorschach related. Whatever. Anyway, uh, good good night, everyone. I love all of you, but I love Cass a little less. I love Craig. Wow. Yeah, I love Craig. Craig, read Chainsaw Man.